возлюбленная Богом Церковь, начиная от нашего богослужения, встанем, пожалуйста, и утвердим обетование, относящееся к пределю нашей надежды. Да воцарится воскресение Христова в наших телах. Склоним наши головы в молитве. Дорогой Небесный Отец, во имя Иисуса Христа, мы благодарны имени Твоему Святому за вновь представленную привилегию быть на месте всем, которое очертила десница Твоя для поклонения Святому имени Твоему. И ныне позволь наследию Твоему во имя крови завета подняться на вершины для нас недосягаемые и сокрушить всякое бремя и запинающий нас грех. Да будут прокляты в этом служении, как и прежде, все дела дьявола, болезни, нищета, преждевременная смерть, демоническая зависимость, всевозможные страхи, депрессии, разрушение, косность, невежество, все это да отступит от шатров святого народа Твоего. И ныне встань, Господи, на место покоя Твоего Ты и ковчег, могущество Твоего, и да облекутся святые Твои спасением Твоим, и да возрадуются пред лицом Твоим. Дай нам больше от Духа Твоего, пропитай нас Духом Твоим святым, позволь нам найти светлое лицо Твое. Я представляю это служение в Твои божественные руки, Веди Его рукою превознесенную, великий Бог, Отец и Дух Святой. Аминь. Да благословит вас Господь, можете садиться. Итак, прежде чем мы вновь начнем, Before we begin to submerge into the unsearchable depths of our imperishable inheritance in Jesus Christ, the unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke, Chapter 24, verse 44, Then Jesus said to his disciples, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and Psalms. Luke 24:44. These were the last words that were spoken by Christ upon the mountain with the witness, uh, witnesses that were there. He, sta stating the words that he did in this place of scripture, he lifted his hands and began to go up into heaven, right before their eyes. And as soon as he got to the uh, level of, or area of the clouds, he disappeared. And then two men appeared in white garments and told the men of Galilee, men of Galilee, why is it that you stand and you watch the Jesus Christ that had left before your eyes will return the same way as you saw him this means that rapture will happen quietly and only for his disciples of course there were more than 500 there or 500 disciples uh, in total but only 500 approximately were on the mountain as witnesses no one that has not paid the price of sanctification will never be able to dedicate themselves to God so that they can be prepared for rapture to receive the incorrupt body it's one thing when we hear the word and we like the promise but we don't like the price we almost don't hear it and I don't mean everyone and I'm really talking only to those who aren't listening to it 
and trust on other things. And this is a big waste of time. You can trust upon God only if you pay the price. Jesus said that all needs to be fulfilled about him and all has been fulfilled about him. But he meant that everything that is written in the law of of Moses, prophets, and psalms, if it is being fulfilled for me, it will be fulfilled for you as well, because I'm only the head of the body. It needs to happen for the body also. If it happened for the head, then it will also be upon the body also, and so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture. We will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth in the heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self created by God into righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 22-24 This is the calling of every person that dreams to meet with the Lord upon the clouds. This is a calling for those. This is not for those who just speak those uh, pretty phrases or uh, but they don't have the desire to actually pay the price for this promise to happen for them. They think that if they are doing something uh, that in their eyes appears to be right, they consider it right. But they don't want to examine it according to Scripture uh, to see how much it corresponds to God's will. Are they truly doing good works or are they good works that they call good works, but God calls them evil? And so, in this commanding order, we see the true calling of every person that follows Christ. According to Scripture, a person that does not fulfill this commandment is a person that resists Christ and is membered to the category of the Antichrists. Imagine a person has not received his primary goal of life. He doesn't consider this to be the perfect will of God to cast off of yourself the old man. Renew your mind so that your image thinking would be very different when you cast off of yourself the old man and this is the most difficult part, the most uh, crowded type of uh, situation you will be in. You will think God isn't hearing you. God hears you and loves you and wants to tell you one thing. If the circumstance is before you and you can't remove these circumstances, die for the circumstances. People don't want to die for these. They say, I want that you just remove this from me entirely. I want to be healed right now, today. How long will I be waiting? You know, as it is written about those that together with us will be putting on the new body and be uh, raptured. They died in the faith, not having received what was promised. They died in the faith. They did not stumble. Death was in their eyes. They were dying. 
and the devil said, look, the promise of God never actually happened for you, but they continue to believe that God is strong enough to fulfill it. He will resurrect them and will perform this on them. What promise was this? They were waiting for the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ. This is what the promise was. And if the promise were to be some kind of calling, there's no other calling. This is a calling for everyone, the same calling. And so to fulfill this given commanding order, there are three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental acts that we must do to put off, be renewed, and put on. They're really conditions. We've noted that it is specifically our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. Or more specifically, will the determining of our salvation occur that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it forever, not have having had invested it as we were supposed to so we can receive it back, uh, then our names will be forever blotted out of the book of life. It's the, the, the downfall of millions of people, actually, is that they weren't told that the salvation they received, they received it as a seed, as a guarantee, and so that it become their own, so that it become, so salvation be, become a reality for them, you need to turn it to profit. Uh, you need to plant the seed in the good soil of your heart that you need to first cleanse the heart from dead works, and that's die for your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires, the desires of your soul. And after that, are you able to receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven? When we receive salvation, you say, are we not receiving the seed of the kingdom of heaven? Yes, you received it in the format of a guarantee. It's not the fruit, it's only the guarantee, as in comparison of a uh, the seed and, and the fruit. Uh, God won't grow <clears throat> this tree, this plant, without you. I planted, Apollos watered, and God grew. And so if we receive it, this planted word, and we will water it, confessing with our mouth the not existent as existent, whatever may be happening around you, then God will begin to grow it within you. The seed needs to be grown into the tree of life that will become the kingdom of heaven. And this will be the uh, this will be the differing point. This is what will differ, differ you from other people. You will be uh, the rod of God's mouth, the God of Most High. In a specific condition, we already looked at the first two requirements and stop to study the third requirement. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the power of our already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. We stop to study the condition contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High, to be saved from our enemies that live within our body. The essence of this condition consists in this, that in the circumstances of our hardship, when we are putting off the old man with his deeds, 
<clears throat> we can call upon the Most Highest to our God and confess the faith of our heart, stating the truth that is in our heart, and this is who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus. It's not important what you're feeling, it's what you know, who God is to you, what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we come to Him and we are His uh, natural children born from the seed of the word of truth. And what conditions do we need to fulfill to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ? We have noted that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their violent conflict with the carnal mind as King Saul and governing sin. And so, to renew our mind, you're going to need to battle with him for that. And, as we said, King Saul and governing sin as our old person. In our body, there are three anointed by God kings. All three are anointed by God, and all of them are leading a violent uh, fight for our body and the field is our heart and that that it is by the means of the confessions of the faith of our heart proclaiming who God is to us in Jesus Christ what God has done for us in Jesus Christ and who we are to God in Jesus Christ God can receive the proper grounds to join the battle for our earthly body so he can shame the governing within our body sin which is the old person by the power of his redemption and with noise forever thrust him out into hell. Before this happens, you will hear this noise. When he thrusts him out into hell with noise, you will hear the noise. As Elijah heard the noise of of the rain coming before it had come, but he heard it. And so we will hear in our heart the noise of the old man being casted out into hell and then you will need to do something so for of course to that for this to happen we need to do something so that uh our body then put on incorruption elijah went to mount carmel and prayed until he saw a small cloud and then truly a noise and wind uh, began to come in, the clouds covered the skies and the rains came down. In its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer that belongs exclusively to kings, priests, and prophets of the Most High. First part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer and our heart also in this case, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of our prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. Second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis he needs to deliver David and us from the hand of all of our enemies that live within our body. Because when we will be delivered from the enemies that live within our body, then those (coughs) enemies that surround us, their faces will become pale. 
they will become pale, they will begin to shake from fear. Read the second chapter of Joel, what will happen with them. You won't need to fight them physically. You will destroy them with your presence and what will happen with you. It's important to destroy the enemy that's inside of us. Third part illustrates the per battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitation of the typical human mind, that we as warriors in prayer, clothed into the virtue of a king, priest, and prophet, lead the battle for the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. I shall remind us that the virtue of a king within our essence consists of our mind being renewed by the spirit of our mind, which gives us uh, power to the right to rule over our emotional aspect that's in our body and lead it under the bridle as a horse of battles. Not base uh, everything off of what you're feeling, but lead them. uh, Lead them and direct them. If they're sick, you can heal them. And you could talk to them saying, why are you in doubt? And why are you... uh, Why is your your face uh, cast down? And so, when you speak these words, uh, you you need to talk to your emotions so that they begin to listen to you. The virtue of a priest gives us the power to the right to run to God as warriors in prayer so that we can perform legitimate intercession for the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. The virtue of a prophet gives our new person the right to enter into the devir, the holy of holies, so that we can hear the voice of God above the lid of the golden ark within our heart. That is, of course, if our heart is the temple and it has all of its uh, components, belongings. And this provides God with the proper foundation to hear our intercessions and respond to them. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God Most High allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David that David has put into his heart as we also have put these names of God in our heart where we clearly uh, see who he is for us what he's done for us and who we are to him, this uh, gave God the foundations he needed to uh, use the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David and ours as well. Everything God will do with us, he did and is doing, he will do it by the rod of our mouth, using the rod of our mouth when they will become his rod, when we will not When, when we won't be able to use our mouth anymore to state something God would never say. And so before we, before we say it, we could think about this, would Jesus say this? If not, or, or would he do <clears throat> this work with his hands, as I am thinking of doing? If the answer is no, that probably tells you you shouldn't do it either. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies, Psalm 18, 1-4. So let us all turn to our Lord with these names which identify the covenant that we've made with Him, where that we have put into our heart. But to God, it's, it's very pleasant to Him when we all together uh, state who He is for us and what He's done for us together. Lord, You are my strength. Lord, You are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock of Israel. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear this. Who he is for us and may he show his glory because of these confessions and clothe us into those confessions we already studied our inherited lot in christ jesus in the power of four names of god these are strength rock fortress and deliverer and we stopped to study our inherited lot in jesus christ in the name of god rock of israel the given nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High, and so everything that is in the covenant is with, because he is Most High, identifies the inheritance that is contained in the covenant that is made between God and man. In meaning or significance, this nature of prayer is a strategic teaching which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer ones that have the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets who are anointed to rule over their earthly body. If a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, a priest, and a prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him. Worshipping in prayer is, this is when we uh, listen to God. I will listen to what God will say. Although you're sitting, worshiping, worship is happening right now in spirit because you're listening to what God says. You've come, you've prepared your heart to listen. You had watched your feet and when you co- you're coming in with what intention you came in. Is my goal the perfect will of God and is it not consistent in my everyday needs. All the everyday needs need to be cast aside when you're coming into the temple. God has one goal. And God said, I will not be at peace until I accomplish it. That is to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ so that it can be in the likeness of the glorious body of Jesus Christ. And so the the quality in lexicon identifying the name of God living rock as with the previous names of God most high is not able to be found in any existing dictionary of the world. Living rock is an edge of a cliff, a stone or a stone defense. A living rock is a covering or shadow of a cliff, a rock bearing victory over the enemy, elephant tusk, elephant ivory, a rock representing eternal government, a rock containing the promise of imperishable food from where we see this is where we see uh, milk and honey imperishable food he he brings forth this milk for us and honey a rock serving as comfort of peace 
Using the power of the given components contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, we are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and increase our profits that we have received from the invested silver of salvation. This profit consists of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and is a component of the perfect will of God, for the sake of which he he had sent his son to die. He paid the immeasurable price and he purchased us from bondage of sin and death so that we can enter into the... imperishable uh, inheritance of Christ. Considering such a necessary tandem of uh, and union of God with man, it is necessary for us and vital for us to identify within each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. Because if a person mistakenly starts to uh, perceive his uh, the role of God as his own, he's ignorant or, or a spiritual infant still, uh, But when the time has come to leave infancy and he doesn't want to leave it and wants to continue to confuse the roles of uh, what is God's and what is yours, then this person will, of course, inherit hell because he refuses to uh, change uh, his way. He will never see with spiritual eyes what you see. He will not hear with spiritual ears what you hear. And he will never understand with his heart. And it will not be given to him the ability to repent because he lost his opportunity and the time that was given. Everything that's given to us is given to us in time, uh, within time. If God has allowed you to confess, then be, uh, conceive, uh, be confident that uh, when the, uh, the time comes, God will allow you to bear as well. Because the devil con- continually comes and whispers, uh, what if you don't make it? You just heard this word. If you just truly heard this word, God said, if I allowed you to conceive, I will allow you to bear. I will stop the sun uh, over Gibeon if I have to, so that you uh, <clears throat> so that you make it. I will I will keep uh, from taking my bride uh, for a certain amount of time uh, for the reason to allow others to 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 make it or to grow. First, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot that is in the name of God, Rock of Israel? Second, what purpose as it relates to achieving our salvation is our inherited lot called to fulfill in the name of God, uh, Rock of Israel? Third, what price do we need to pay to provide God a proper foundation to be our rock? In a specific format, as much as God has allowed and according to the measure of our faith, we studied these first three questions and have been studying the fourth. By what signs do we determine that God is our rock as it relates to the achieving of our calling, which consists of erecting the stronghold of life within our body? By the sign that we would be able to judge that our heart is a stronghold for Christ and that God has the proper foundation to reveal himself in the temple of our body and the power of his name, Rock of Israel. According to the covenant of peace that is made between us and God, we decided to restrict ourselves to only eight signs, although there are many more of them, that are called to be the testimony within our body that we have paid the price for the power to the right to be led into the lot of the unsearchable inheritance of Christ in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Seventh sign, in the temple of our body by which we can de- by which we can determine that we have entered into the inheritance of our lot, 
contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is a verdict issued against Ahab, the Israelite king, that within the years, within the year, there will not be dew or rain, but only at our word. Because the given sign consists of a series of components by which we need to examine ourselves as to whether we are led into the lot of our unsearchable inheritance of Christ in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Four components of this sign were already studied by us in the previous services. However, before we begin to study the fifth component of the seventh sign, I will shortly identify for us and remind us of the previous. We know that the symbol of Elijah in the given event, we are studying our sacred person that has grown into a perfect man into the measure of fullness of growth in Christ not infants and not carnal people, but a person that has been grown into the full measure of growth in Christ. The symbol of King Ahab is the reasonable aspect of our soul that is being governed by the corrupt lusts of the flesh, which in this case is his wife Jezebel. The symbol of of this event that took place with Prophet Elijah in the cave so the symbol of the event that took place with prophet Elijah in the cave at the top of mountain of the mountain of God Horeb is the symbol of the door of our hope that anticipates or leads us to rapture before the morning star testifying of the fact that we have entered into our lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel because a short amount of time after uh, Elijah came down from this mountain, uh, was he then rapt- uh, taken up in the whirlwind. The sign of issuing a verdict against Ahab, king of Israel, <clears throat> is our all-devouring zeal for God that makes itself known in the path that followed the path, the path that followed. This is the path that was made to the mountain of God Horeb, where God revealed himself to us in the still small voice. Comparing the character of conversation that God had on Mount Horeb with Moses and the character of conversation God had with Elijah on the same mountain, we saw a significant difference between the two. Although the glory of the Lord that demonstrated itself in the holiness of God in his all-consuming fire was present in both situations, in the situation with Moses, as well as the situation with Elijah, the essential differences were that in Moses' case, God revealed himself on Mount Horeb in lightning bolts, rolling thunder, and a lingering sound of the trumpet. At the same time, in Elijah's case, God revealed himself in the still small voice. That same uh, still small voice that Adam uh, came to hear when in the Garden of Eden, this still small uh, voice, this small, this gentle breeze, which identified the crushing power and the, de- and the developing power of his grace. where the level of his holiness in its power and amplitude surpassed the revelations of holiness that was present in the situation of Moses. You're able to read these two uh, events. And so the amplitude of holiness works more, uh, is is more powerful at this time. Practically, the famine that continued for three, three years and six months was called to humble the reasonable abilities of our soul in the form of Ahab by submerging them into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can be delivered from the dependence of the corrupt desires that in this case is Jezebel. 
And if the reasonable aspect of our soul as King Ahab needed to be saved and protected, then the corrupt desires of our soul that is supported by our old person needed to be destroyed. First, in the given sign, the famine that it's referring to that continued for three years and six months is the initial or beginning segment of the week of Daniel or the time of the night when the ten virgins who represent the kingdom of heaven inside of us fell asleep and slumbered. In scripture, the number five represents governance within the body of Christ by the means of which God is growing the chosen by him remnant into a perfect man, the full measure of growth in Christ. Therefore, the first... The five wise virgins represent the symbol of the reasonable abilities of our sacred person within our body. At the same time, the five unwise virgins within our body represent the symbol of the intelligent abilities of our soul that is not yet dependent on our spirit and therefore is considered unwise. Our soul as flesh and blood is not able to inherit the kingdom of God as corruption is not able to inherit incorruption. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. 1 Corinthians 15, 49, 50. This is why we desire to be clothed. Second, in the given sign, the famine that continued for three years and six months uh, will not be a hunger for bread or thirst for water, but the thirst to hear the word of the Lord, specifically for those who swear by the sin of Samaria, they will fall and not rise again. Behold, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from north to east. They shall run to, to and from, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. <clears throat> In that day, the fair virgins and strong men, young men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, As your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. Amos 8, 11 through 14. This is talking about the services that are concentrated today upon uh, God wanting us to be wealthy. This is the Beersheba. This is this golden uh, calf. Many places of scripture they have perverted and given them an unfaithful meaning or interpretation. God wants us to be wealthy in faith. Uh, Did God not choose the poor of the world to make rich in faith, it says in scripture. In other words, God is not looking at whether you're poor or rich when it comes to his faith. God uh, wants that all of us be rich in faith. For, uh, some of people maybe are made wealthy for the reason to test them, and with this money they can then serve God. But in poverty we can also serve God as this widow uh, did. With, that was with Elijah, she didn't say, uh, well, I need to pay my bills first uh, because right now I can't give anything for tithe. But Elijah said, no, first, before you pay your bills for you and your son, from this you make me a cake and then you will uh, count your own bills. And so she went and did according to the word of Elijah and she and her house ate throughout the entire span of the famine. Others were dying, but this uh, widow and her family did not. And we know why. The phrase, they shall wander from sea to sea, means that the worshippers of materialistic success will be shuddering from fear and will be banished from within the boundaries of the land flowing with milk and honey. That's what the meaning is. They shall shudder with fear as 
vagabonds as those that have been uh, exiled from a, a territory, a land, kind of like Cain was exiled. Cain remembers the words of God that he was nourished by. He didn't become evil immediately. He became evil later. He first did uh, consume the word of God, and later he became upset that God did not receive his offering because he was pursuing materialistic uh, benefits for himself. He was not pursuing uh, to know God within his worship. Therefore, the symbol of one of the seas from which those who thirst to hear the word of the Lord will wander to the other sea are the messengers of God who have milk and honey flowing from their mouth, words that will not be accessible for the worshippers of materialistic success. It is them that are the sea that contains uh, uh, that contain these are these leaders these messengers of God will con- contain that milk and honey third the famine that continues for three years and six months in the given sign is called to provide God with a foundation to hide us at the brook Cherith so we can drink from it and so that the ravens can feed us with bread and meat in the morning and the evening Jordan with all of its tributaries is a symbol of the death of Jesus Christ that we submerge into by the means of baptism and we die for our nation the house of our father and the destructive desires of our soul and in this way we in death of the Lord Jesus trample upon death within our body or swallow up death which gives us the ability to share with Christ his resurrection for this immutable must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought past the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? If you remember, he was drinking at the brook Cherith all the way until the time that it dried up. Uh, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 53-56. He overcame death, and because he overcame death, he overcame the law. Uh, the law became his slave and not his master. The meat that, by the word of the Lord, the raven fed Elijah at the brook Cherith is a symbol of being nourished by the broken body of Christ and eating the bread. If anyone does not eat my my body and drink my blood, will not have life in themselves, he said, Jesus Christ. And so when we eat and drink, we don't eat life and drink. We are actually eating and drinking his death. And then life comes after. Life is the result of when we eat the body of Christ and drink this blood, that that when we do this, we proclaim the uh, death of the Lord until He comes. Uh, you can't uh, experience the resurrection without the death first, and so we uh, experience this death first, so that the life of God can be uh, find a home in us. And eating the bread is a symbol of being nourished by the bread of life. Therefore, to drink from the brook Cherith and eat meat and bread that is brought by the raven means eat the flesh of the Son of God, drink his blood. The symbol of the raven that fed Elijah at the brook Cherith with meat and bread in the morning and the evening within our body is the symbol of the Thummim as the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ and the symbol of the Urim, which is the Holy Spirit who reveals the mystery that is in our heart that is contained in the truth of the Thummim. And so for many people, the Urim and Thummim is not accessible because this is 
holy and Dharam and Thummim were always upon the chest, if you remember, of the high priest. This was most holy before God. And so if we possess this most holy uh, thing and uh, a pers- another person you speak with considers it foolishness, a carnal person does not have truth in himself, the teaching of Jesus Christ. And of course, he's not able to have the Holy Spirit as a consequence of that. The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit would reveal the truth that is actually not existing in his heart. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritually he, he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. That means they will they will judge him, but they won't be able to <clears throat> give him a true uh, value or judge him uh, justly. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. When God separated the birds, animals, beasts, and the fish into categories of clean and unclean, he, he didn't create them unclean, but he later separated them uh, into groups. Just like the trees in the garden, everything was uh, uh, good except for one tree that you couldn't eat of. It was most holy to God. He wanted to show in the separation his uh, holy part. Uh, and the only one that could have access to what is most holy are those who are uh, in the line of Aaron. When God... Uh, if we honor God with our tithes and offerings, we in this way demonstrate the independence of the reasonable abilities of our soul from Jezebel. And this means that we have entered the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Second component of the sign in the temple of our body by which we need to judge that we have entered the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is the path to the widow that lives in Z- and Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. The status of her being a widow from Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, is the death of her husband, who represented governing sin that lived within our body, for whom it was necessary for us to die. The symbol of the widow in Zarephath of Sidon is a symbol of our soul that has been delivered from the power of governing sin that lives within our body, that is the old person with his deeds. The symbol of the gates of the city of Zarephath, the place that Elijah met the the widow of the city, is our mouth that is cleansed in the furnace of testing. The gates of the city were Elijah's uh, mouth that is cleansed in the furnace of, t- of testing to clean our mouth from all foreign presence and the inclusion of rotten and idle words. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalm 12.6 There was a national uh, sayings, uh, measure it seven times and then cut it. Or in this case, we could say seven times, think about it, and then uh, say it if you still think you need to. Sometimes you really want to say something, but if you think about what's what it's gonna uh, what's gonna follow that, or pr- what is it gonna yield, or or what what will happen, 
then you, you will know that you don't need to say certain things. The symbol of the sticks that the widow of, Zarephth, of Zarephath of Sidon was gathering at the gates of the city of Zarephath are prayer words with which we need to turn to God so that he cleanses us from all lawlessness so that we can bring him an offering of our lips. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Says, uh, say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. Hosea 14.2 And so, the food, which was the flour in a bin and oil in a jar, belonging to the widow of Zarephath of Sidon, is a result of the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, which is a sign that we have entered into the lot of the promises promised to us by God inheritance, which consists in one of the governing names of God, Rock of Israel. Third component of the sign in the temple of our body, <clears throat> by which we need to judge that we have entered the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is to be determined by meeting o- Obadiah, who was in charge of Ahab's house. This uh, meeting preceded the meeting <clears throat> that would take place between Elijah and Ahab. But before showing himself to Ahab, Elijah met with Obadiah, the person in charge of the house of Ahab, considering the distribution of roles of each character within our body. Obadiah <clears throat> was the middleman between Ahab and Elijah. The position of the middleman between our sacred person as prophet Elijah and the reasonable abilities of our soul as King Ahab is filled <clears throat> by our intuition, which is Ob- Obadiah, who actualizes or makes real the connection between the reasonable abilities of our spirit, who is our new person, and the reasonable abilities of our soul. <clears throat> we call it a we call it as an above conscience as there's the or the world knows a subconscious but it's something that's under but this is not something that's under it's actually over uh, and so your heart may say many things but if you uh, are learning you're not learning to listen to the heart you're listening to the uh, uh, the the intuition as it is with the spirit which uh, we listen to and we hear and so that's the voice of God we can hear it inside of us and we can then process all that in our mind and then confess it if a person has not constructed his body into a temple of the Holy Spirit his intuition will not be able to be that golden incensory that brings about governance over the house of Ahab capable of hiding 100 prophets, 50 per cave, to feed them with bread and water. The judgment of God in the fight of, of prophet Elijah upon Mount Carmel, who represents the uh, new person in our body, and the prophets of Baal, who represent the works of the flesh in our body, that are clothed into garments of pseudo-righteousness, this will happen in our body from the position of the grown by us fruit of righteousness. The worshippers of Baal... Uh, trusted that the fertility of the land depended on him, on Baal. The worshippers of Baal uh, uh, considered it this way, and also the increase of their flocks, and called him the Lord of Heaven, uh, Baal Shemayam. The religious cult of Baal consisted in wildly uncontrolled sensuality or lasciviousness, seeking artificial uh, inspiration. 
And so they do that in churches even. They teach uh, uh, sex in the churches and what you should or what you should be allowed not to, to do and to do. <clears throat> Worshipping Baal consisted in a person trying to plead, trying to please God with his service and acts of personal good work. Worshipping Yahweh consisted in a person obeying his faith to the faith of God by listening to the preached word of the apostles and prophets. He pleased God, which was accounted to him as righteousness. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4.3 In the format of serving Baal, which is accompanied by shouts and jumping, and you will see this in false charismatic services, you won't see it in anywhere, uh, any other place. There will also be the practicing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, pursuing the goal of impacting others and popularity by the means of having professional evangelical services and materialistic security that is presented as victory over the spirit of poverty. And all of this will be accompanied by false prophecies and the performance of false miracles and signs. And so even uh, teeth may appear, uh, gold will appear in your house, uh, and this will be to entice people. The character won't change into the character of Christ, but supernatural things will take place, and that's what people will uh, look for and, and follow. If we differentiate these two contrary to one another formats of worship and worship God in the format of the spirit of Elijah, if you remember how the prophets of Baal worshipped and how uh, Elijah worshipped, then this means that we have entered into the lot of the promised <clears throat> by God inheritance, which consists in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Fourth component of the sign in the temple of our body by which we need to judge that we have entered <clears throat> the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is the time of the evening sacrifice where Elijah restored the altar of the Lord upon Mount Carmel. The phrase, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, indicates the fact that 12 stones of the altar of the Lord were scattered upon Mount Carmel. This fact indicates the tendency of the servants of Baal to build altars of Baal upon the place of the altars of the Lord and present them as if they were the altars of the Lord. And these are churches principles. When they hear uh, principles I state and others, uh, they take these principles and f- and they uh, they take it, they c- uh, remove anything they don't like, and then they construct a <clears throat> an altar to Baal. Because in these heads, uh, however uh, doctorate degrees they may have, uh, theology or whatever it may be, they won't have the revelation. They take these revelations from God's anointed ones, God's prophets. They pervert them, they change them, they steal them, and present them as their own. As it is written, 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. However, the false apostles try to impersonate themselves as the apostles of Christ. And so, false apostles, they impersonate 
<clears throat> impersonate apostles of Christ, their altars will have a fundamental difference from the altars of the Lord, specifically by the nature of how they are built, and it is necessary to differentiate false pro- apostles from the true apostles of Christ. The altar of the Lord with its 12 stones presents the goal of God in the status of a warrior in prayer who pursues the adoption of, of its body by the redemption of Christ so that he can erect the stronghold of, of incorruption in his body. It is specifically by the goals and motives of the heart pursuing the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, which will also be reflected in the confessions of our mouth, is how we will determine then the type of altar we have built ourselves into, the altar of the Lord or the altar of Baal. The will of God that is presented to the servants of God Most High and the servants of Baal will have a fundamental difference between one and the other. The twelve stones of the altar of the Lord scattered around the altar of Baal represented victory and celebration of the servants of Baal over the servants of God, Yahweh of hosts, in the heart of the nation. In essence, these twelve stones contain the symbol of the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ in the twelve foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem. Prophet Elijah did not destroy the altar of Baal in the sight of Ahab and the entire nation as they considered it to be the altar of God. He gathered the twelve scattered and thrown down stones of the altar of the Lord that were laying around the altar of Baal and he repaired the altar of the Lord, and to sanctify the altar of the Lord, Elijah made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed and separated it from the altar of Baal and the worshippers of Baal. Considering that Prophet Elijah as our new person was on the top of Mount Carmel alone, we conclude that he, with his trench, separated himself from his nation, the house of his father, and from his destructive desires of his soul, who represented evil company to him. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 And so, create this trench of sanctification. After Elijah used the trench to separate the altar of the Lord, the altar being goals that pursued the perfect will of God within Elijah's heart, he separated the altar of the Lord from the altar of Baal and his worshippers, who pursued the goal of the old person living in their body. Elijah then placed wood, and after the wood he laid the split uh, into pieces bowl upon the wood that was on the altar. Since oil in the format of the truth in the vessel of our heart is the means for supporting the fire in the lamp of our spirit. It is the same with the wood in the in the wood in the format of prayer words of truth. It is the means used for supporting the fire of the Holy Spirit that is supposed to come down upon the altar of the Lord, which demonstrates our being ready to fulfill the will of God. Therefore, the symbol of the sticks that Prophet Elijah in the form of our new person laid upon the altar of the Lord represents our focused desire to present the interests of the perfect will of God. The evening sacrifice includes our heart from where our thoughts receive fire that are confessed by our mouth. My heart was hot within me while I was musing, the fire burned, then I spoke with my tongue. Psalm 39.3 when the wood that represents the means for fire were, were laid by Prophet Elijah upon the altar of the Lord, he cut the bull into pieces and laid it upon the wood. A young bull is a clean, large, horned animal grown for sacrifices, symbolizing our will that is placed in dependence of our king, who represents our mind that is renewed by the spirit of our mind, which is the mind of Christ. 
Splitting the young bull into pieces so that it can be sacrificed to the Lord is denying your own will for the benefit of fulfilling the will of God. And the last detail in sanctifying yourself to God for the purpose of dedication so that we can inherit our inherited our inherited lot contained in the law in the name of God rock of Israel this is to pour water upon the burnt offering and order in the order and method in which Elijah did and the Lord said fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood then he said do it a second time then they did it a second time then he said do it a third time and they did it a third time so the water ran all around the altar and he also filled the trench with water first Kings 1833 through 35. We paid attention to uh, that this principle corresponds to the symbol of the breastplate of judgment, containing the 12 precious stones in three rows, for uh, four stones per row, which identify the state of a warrior in prayer that is in accordance to the demands of the elementary teaching of Christ that present the teaching of the baptism, teachings of the laying of, on of the hands, the teaching of the resurrection, and the teaching of the eternal judgment. Each one of the four teachings have a threefold in them, which pursues one and same goal, but f- uh, fulfill different functions to obtain or achieve this goal. If we have constructed ourselves into an altar of the Lord, which represents the state of a warrior in prayer, identified as the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ, then this means that we have entered the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Fifth sign in the temple of our body by which we need to judge that we have entered into the inheritance of our lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. We need to, we just need to study the fire of the Lord that came down from heaven that clothes us into the authority power to perform a total form of sanctification. Pursuing the goal of dedication. The time of offering the evening sacrifice is the time of justice which is done at the time of harvest by the fruit of our spirit. The coming down of the fire of God from heaven that had devoured the offering and the wood, the rocks, the dust, and the water that was in the trench. Imagine when the fire came down, the altar disappeared. The woods, uh, the water, the the offering, the wood, everything was taken. It was just burnt ground uh, that remained. God took the whole thing and received it. The given part of sanctification indicates the right to be a participant of the wedding banquet of the Lamb, where the Holy Spirit was received into our heart as the Lord and Master of our life. Such a state is confirmation of the existing in the heart promise, which belongs to to the door of our hope and has given us the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. The fire of God, as the Holy Spirit comes down upon a man only once in his life, when we build ourselves into a temple of the Holy Spirit with all of its components and all of its instructions, and this fire comes down upon the altar, upon the offering that's laid upon the altar, and you just need to keep adding wood because it's not the wood that comes from the from the sky, but fire, but the wood needs to be there. If a person, by being instructed in the faith, has not built himself into a house of prayer so that he can be a house of God for all nations, then the fire that he experiences in his heart is a profane fire to God and is a sign of you going in the wrong direction. 
Six sign by, uh, within the temple of our body by which we need to judge that we have entered the inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. We need to look at the command to take all the prophets of Baal and take them and, and kill them. This is a symbol where Elijah, as our new person, had uh, performed this vengeance on the prophets of Baal and he destroyed the stronghold of death in his body so that the stronghold of life can take its place. The law of God that is contained in our heart gives power to reigning sin, that is the old person that lives within our body, and because of this, the law of God becomes a tool that the old person uh, relies upon. But when the stronger one, as our new person, attacks the old person and overcomes him, then he takes the tool that gave power to the old person that he trusted in and uh, shares then this uh, these spoils that were taken. The seventh uh, sign in the temple of our body by which we can judge that we have entered into the inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is the coming down of water upon our land from God. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth in the third year. And so for God to fulfill the given word that we have put into our heart and confess with our mouth before Ahab, that represents the uh, reasonable abilities of our soul, we need to perform a specific or speak a certain prayer. First Kings 18, 41-46 Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said this, uh, Go again, go again. Seven times he would go up to the top of the mountain, go back down, and so every time he'd go, it's not coming, he came down, and so seven times he did that. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops you. If you pay attention here, it's rare. We don't see that Elijah speaks to Ahab directly. It's either through his servant or through uh, his soldier, or by using a soldier. And so the, the young boy, the servant, he is the grown fruit of righteousness. That's what he symbolizes. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Rain that was sent by God uh, to the lands uh, at the prayer of Elijah is the time that is in the middle of the of the week of, of Daniel, where God, by the prayer of his chosen remnant that are in the spirit of Elijah, God plans to send rain upon the land of Israel. <clears throat> this is the latter rain that for the chosen by God remnant will is given for the maturing of the fruit of righteousness. This is the category of the wise virgins that had in the vessel of their heart oil, that is the truth, and the Holy Spirit that revealed this truth. The essence of this latter rain 
is the wedding banquet of the Lamb. <clears throat> the latter rain shows the difference between the wise and unwise virgins for the reason to prepare the wise for rapture and the unwise to make them wise because they did go later purchase it. And so the first that Elijah said to Ahab after he had killed the 450 prophets of Baal before his eyes, he said, go eat uh, because I hear a noise of rain coming. Although physically there was nothing happening yet in the sky, there was no cloud in the sky, three and a half years Elijah told Ahab that he hears the noise of rain. In Hebrew, to hear the noise of rain means to hear uh, the lightning bolts and a strong wind. And so this means that Elijah heard this noise first in his spirit, and that is because he had the Urim and Thummim in himself. Considering everything that God does after he created the earth and man, he does by using the confessions of the mouth of man. And this is one that is in... Uh, comparable to his characteristics who have these characteristics one who's able to penetrate God's heart to know what God has prepared for those he loves and to transform uh, what is prepared uh, by God for the people from invisible to visible and so the goal of Elijah after he heard the strong uh, noise of strong rain he confessed so pretty much he confessed that the strong noise of rain was coming And so the next step was to make it a reality. It was not yet happening, but he needed to make it a reality. So he told Ahab, go eat, Uh, and Ahab went and ate and listened to what Elijah said. When the reasonable abilities of our soul, as Ahab receives a revelation from the reasonable uh, part of our spirit, and will receive this revelation about the coming rain, the reasonable abilities of our soul gets the ability to eat and drink. And the reason for that is to calm her down so that she uh, enters into the inheritance of our spirit. Elijah, he went to the top of Carmel and he put his head between his knees. And so if the top of Carmel for Elijah was the promise of rain and the salvation of his soul and his body, and the inheritance that he was able to enter because of the covenant he made with God. To confirm then this covenant, Elijah bowed to the ground and put his head between his knees so that one knee be next to the other. This is a very important principle. We don't need to do that today. This was just symbolic of the confirming of the covenant. The two knees they confirmed God's covenant. He bowed this way to show that the covenant between himself and God has been confirmed. Knees themselves, as it says, trembling knees, as you're shaking knees, it, it talks about in the Bible. It's not talking about physical knees, it's talking about our faith. And so when we have the top of the mountain, uh, the Gerizim and Ebal, these for Elijah were the tops, the heights. Uh, or, as you know, the saying, until you find rest upon his shoulders. Why does rest happen upon the shoulders? Because they look at one another. There are six names here and six names here. Upon both shoulders are six names, uh, 12 total. 
And so that means the covenant of God is confirmed. And so we find rest upon the established or confirmed covenant. But while the covenant is not yet confirmed, we can't be at peace. And so he put his head between his knees. And in this way, he testified that the covenant between you and me is confirmed. As in the time of Abraham, as in the times of Moses, to fulfill a or confirm a covenant that was made, you needed to make, put your hand, head between your knees during uh, the time of worship. And so, uh, using the correct tools of prayer, we become worshipers of God in our spirit, and we fulfill then His perfect will, which is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. <clears throat> a persistent prayer is an inner essence a fullness. Uh, the number seven, if you remember, the uh, servant went up and down seven times. This means that you're a partaker of the body of Christ and sending his servant so that he go up uh, and down uh, again to the sea and to the mountain. Elijah testified before God about his organic membership to the body of Christ and about the fullness of his faithfulness and his faith in God. And so we see here, we're studying here the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ because the earth and the scriptures refer, the earth is our body, the land of Israel. Not the Canaanite, not the Palestinian, but the Israelite land because the Canaanite and Palestine land, Palestinian land is until we, if, where we have not yet died, for our destructive desires. But when we die for our destructive desires, the earth no longer is a Palestinian land or a Philistine land or the Canaanite land. It now becomes the Israelite land. Persistent prayer needs to every day separate us from what is unholy and draw us near to the holy God. This in essence is the great mystery of God himself because first, prayer is the only method demonstrating the legitimate relationship of the Son of God and the Holy Spirit with God the Father. Prayer is the dialogue of a man with God called to flow and be done in that mystery in which God desires to dwell. Prayer is the method, process, or way with the help of which a person governs the earth and provides God with the foundation to change the course of events on earth. Prayer that is interrupted is not able to separate us from what is unholy and therefore it is not able to be called prayer. Prayer that is interrupted, prayer needs to be continual without interruption. And this is a state, you don't pray 24 hours a day on your knees, but you remain in a, a status of and a condition of peace between you and God and communication. Prayer is the instrument of a legitimate relationship with God called to open up the immeasurable opportunities of grace. Prayer is a demonstration of the will of God that is presented in the fruit of our spirit which quenches the hunger and thirst of God because we pray with the words that have come out of the mouth of God. Prayer is the word of God. Take uh, take your words and go with you, it says, these are prayer words. Prayer is a sacrifice that is in the fruit of our gentle or meek mouth, that is disciplined by the truth, that is concealed in the heart which praises God. And so we need to be enlightened in aspects 
of prayer as the, what is the genesis or origin of prayer, the path to understanding unanswered prayers, and the path to knowing God's will in, your, in prayers. Answering the first question, what uh, does the essence or, or origin or genesis of prayer com, uh, come from, or where is it? And so the conclusion we came to is that the genesis of prayer is that existed far before the creation of man and before the creation of the visible and invisible universe as prayer is the word of god that comes out of the mouth of god that we are called with to take and, and communicate with god with and that we are to be vigilant over together with god in the temple of our body so that we can give god the proper foundation in the time he appoints to fulfill the word that is concealed in our heart that we confess with our mouth so that god can fulfill it and so we need to have this word in continual prayer and so prayer has the same nature that god does it does not have a beginning and will never have an end a person is a spiritual uh, uh, a spiritual being or essence is his spiritual because he's created by god and he is spirit or he is uh, in of, of the spirit and so god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him john 4 24 23 if god would have found already a full amount of these worshipers full measure full number the church would have already been taken as soon as god finds a sufficient amount of worshipers then he will immediately clothe them into incorruption in this way, worshiping God is the result of a prayer uh, communication with the Holy Spirit in the aspect of sanctification. And from God's side, this is a price that He had paid to deliver us from sin and death. From our side, this is fellowship with God and uh, is called to reveal us or, or reveal in us things so that we can bring the fruit of holiness to God. There's a big difference between a priest and a regular person as well as between a carnal person and a spiritual person. All of Israel prayed to God, uh, not just priests but regular people also. This is because the regular person as well as the carnal person does not know and does not possess the right position and virtue to enter the presence of God. This was the exclusive prerogative, the right and power of a priest of the Lord or a spiritual person, warriors in prayer. Second, if we do not know the way God can respond to prayer, then in a situation that we, that He does provide an answer or response, we will think that He is staying silent or we will unfaithfully understand His response. And so God will respond to a prayer, but we won't know He responded. Third, the silence of God in specific situations can also be a proper or eloquent response to our prayer. I actually use this quite often when I pray to God so that God responds to a question. If God is silent, I know I already received the response because I know when God is silent. He with his silence responds, if I'm right, God will be silent. But if I'm not right, he will tell tell me uh, what's wrong and he'll tell it to my heart. And I say, Lord, if I'm wrong, show me. If the other side is wrong, that I'm having a disagreement with, conflict, whatever it may be, uh, whoever it may be, 
I apply this with everybody I communicate with. This is not just between a husband or a wife or parents and children. This is between people in general. We need to always understand when something happens and our heart is disturbed and we feel like we've we've ruined something or we've done something that's not right. Uh, you pray and say, Lord, show me if I did something wrong. And I will ask forgiveness if, I, if I'm in the wrong. But if I'm right, then show the other side. And you know, when I pray this way, God always responds. Sometimes people come and say, why does the Lord not respond to me? Because... I don't want to say, but because people are hypocritical. Because if you sincerely put yourself in a neutral position, truly neutral, uh, a truly neutral position, as a car that's put in a neutral position, you can press the brakes or, or the gas pedal, but it won't move. And so my body wants to take sides, but I fear God. Uh, for example, if it's between two other people, but I, what if I'm, what if whatever I might think is not what it is, and so I, I allow the Lord to judge, and so the Lord then will either be silent or will speak, and His silence will always uh, be a clear answer. Fourth, the silence of God as a response to our prayer can happen when we do not collaborate with the inner with the intercession of the Holy Spirit by the means of the given to us ability to speak in tongues. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Romans 8.26 And how shall he uh, make intercession if we're not praying in tongues, if we're not practicing prayer in, in tongues? You need to collaborate with the Holy Spirit so that your spirit can collaborate with the Holy Spirit with this new tongue, when we speak with our own tongue, with our own language, then we are collaborating not, we're collaborating with our spirit. Our spirit sees our need and he knows our need uh, more than we do. And he in tongues begins then, we need to give the spirit the ability. We need to allow our Holy, our, our spirit to pray in, in tongues. The, the words we don't understand, may he turn to God, and when we pray with our mind and with the Spirit, then answers come. But as we don't do it that way, we don't receive responses. I, 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 I'm talking about the, all the vari- variations here. Sometimes prayers are not answered in, in one's mind. Also, that could be a case. Fifth, an unanswered prayer does not mean that God has betrayed us or forgot us. It is the opposite. He loves us and remains faithful to us. And this means, as I say always, if you pray and a circumstance does not change, die for those circumstances. That doesn't mean that God has not re- hasn't responded. That means you, you need to die for those situations that are unbearable for you. And when you die for them, they will stop being unbearable for you. I know this personally. I died for things that were just unbearable to me, but they I, I completely did not care about them anymore. And I was at, at complete peace. But before, I, I lost all my calm, all my peace. But when I started dying, 
for these things. I saw God is not changing the circumstance, but God would say, well, it's you that needs to change, not me. Sometimes uh, God sometimes changes the, the obstacle or situation, but sometimes he needs us to change in some way. God desires that we thirst for him, that we seek his face continuously and enter into his presence. God wants us to enter into his presence, but for this you need to be a priest. You need to be a warrior in prayer. You need to clean your conscience from dead works to bring in the teachings of Christ, elementary teaching of Christ. If you have not cleansed your uh, conscience from dead works, you think then that you've brought in this information, but you haven't. It's only in the mind And if it's only in the mind, you become arrogant in mind. How do you determine whether it's in the heart or not? Logically, you understand it. You like it. You easily capture it. You begin to become prideful about it, arrogant, that you have knowledge that another does not have. Knowledge uh, makes one arrogant or boast. But when it's put into the heart, you won't have that arrogance. You will calmly uh, and actually you will be very careful with a lot of care treat someone uh, who doesn't so you not rise again over him and not mock him in some way but quietly and carefully seek wisdom how to present him or bring this truth to and sometimes you don't need to time, his time isn't come uh, it needs to happen on a later time uh, And sometimes it can't because it's a typical pig. Don't give it pearls because they'll trample the pearls and they'll trample the pearls and then you also after. And so you need to always think before you answer a question that's been asked, think seven times, should I answer this question? Lord, should I answer this question or not? For uh, Christ, many questions that were asked of him, if you search the scriptures, he was silent about. He didn't He didn't re- provide a response. Even before Pilate, he was silent. I have the power, he says, either to put you to death or let you go. And Jesus said, well, you would not have that authority if God would not have given it to you. But he didn't respond to his questions either. Pharisees the same way. Sometimes he did ask a question with a question or answer a question with a question. With what power are you doing these things? And he says, the baptism, is it from heaven or from men? And if you respond to me, I'll respond to you. And so they started speaking of them amongst themselves. If we say uh, from uh, whatever answer we provide, they're going to question it. They perfectly knew what John said and what John said about Christ, they knew that God is before them in the flesh. And so if we give one answer, he'll ask why we did not, why did we not believe? And so if we say it's not from heaven, then they were afraid of the people that they will be stoned. And so they just came into it and they decided to be neutral. They, they said they didn't know. And, and Jesus said, well, I won't answer you either then how, with what power I do this. And so God taught me, sometimes I have the desire to say something. And sometimes it's needed, but sometimes there's a desire to say something. But the flesh is desiring. I want to help someone, but inside... I feel some some sort of uh, resistance to it or uh, 
warning in some ways. So uh, I don't need to tell this person uh, what we're living with uh, and at this times in the spirit. God gives uh, his grace to the humble by which we are able to enter into the presence of the Lord only to students. Only a student has the heart of a humble one that has been prepared and he in church is an, a student and not an inspector. And so we will remember that humility is one that is a student that pays the price. We need to learn to enter into the presence of God. We need to have the right motives and we need to be prepared. And so by this kind of with this kinds of prayer we can communicate with God as his priests. The rain that God had wanted to pour out upon the land of Israel is our mortal body that God during the evening sacrifice wanted to erect the stronghold of life, uh, turning our corrupt bo- corrupted body <coughs> into an incorrupt body. <coughs> and so putting his head between his knees, Elijah showed God the uh, contrite and humble spirit that he had before his God's perfect will. And so he was in this way able to give him life. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You need to have your soul die like Samson. Uh, I will die with the Philistines, Isaiah 57, 15. The seed that the servant of, of, of Elijah was uh, watching to see where the cloud would rise from it, these are the thoughts of God. A sea, the, the sea is thought of, thought of God or thoughts of God. The servant is the fruit of a spirit <clears throat> that can tell him what God is doing. The symbol of the cloud that's as big as a palm is the chosen by God remnant that is written upon God's palms. He saw the church of the first sheaf that moves because the clouds of God, we see that the clouds, they present his children that are filled with water, that are filled with moisture, that are ready to go where they need to go and pour out mercy and wrath wrath upon the vessels of, of wrath and mercy upon the vessels of mercy. And so when the servant for the seventh time went and looked at the sea, he saw this cloud that had had moisture in it. And so it would serve as a blessing for one and curse for another. He saw the power and ability of the church of Jesus Christ that was written upon God's palms. This is a surprising purpose of the clouds of God that carries life in themselves Uh, for one people's and death for others. This is uh, the justice of God. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And so imagine the uh, royal uh, chariot, the horses, And so, in the case of, of of Ahab, he had girded up his loins 
the symbol of girding up your loins is to gird up the loins of your the reasonable abilities of your soul as Ahab he technically girded Ahab with the truth because he girded his mind Ahab or the symbol the symbol of the renewal of the mind so the renewing of the mind by the spirit of, of the mind to gird your mind is to renew your mind it's the same thing Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so this is to renew your mind by the spirit of your mind. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1.13-16 the circumstance where Elijah was running before, ahead of the chariot of Ahab. Elijah, that means that he had saved his soul. He wasn't chasing the chariot, but the chariot was chasing him. He was leading his soul to salvation to Jezreel. To run ahead of Ahab to Jezreel is a symbol of holiness that we demonstrate in salt. And so, filling with salt, the works of the flesh... Jezreel is God will sow with salt, if you remember the definition of that name. He was running to Jezreel, and Ahab was running there too, and he he was running ahead of the chariot. He was showing the horses where to go and was running ahead of them, being girded, uh, or girding his mind. And so the faith of Elijah, he was able to differentiate the revelations of of God or the Holy Spirit in his heart from the revelations of Baal and was collaborating his faith with God's faith. If our mind, as Ahab, is disciplined by the mind of our new person, as prophet Elijah, that means we have entered into the inherited lot that is contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Amen. Let us bend our knees or our heads and pray. And we will thank God for that wonderful word that we were able to hear today. May the Lord fulfill this word for every one of us individually for our good. And may He give us wisdom to receive this word, to grow this word, and have the ability to wait, looking at the the maker, the perfecter of our faith. Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ, we thank you for your mercy and your love that is shown to your people and I am a part of that body thank you for this blessed place where you teach us how a father would teach a son thank you for the comfort that you give you give us that comfort and although there are terrible things that may happen in our lives sometimes we overcome them with you you have allowed us to devour death when we drank from the brook of Cherith, and we could say then, death, where is your sting? Because we have grown from the seed of the kingdom of heaven, the fruits of righteousness, the erection of the stronghold of life in our body. And so we thank you for the stronghold of incorruption in our body. 
and we proclaim it as existent because it exists and it is concealed in our heart in your words that you can clearly read and that we and we wait for patience with patience for the time that you have decided when you will within the blink of an eye transform our corrupt body into an incorrupt body and we will be able to uh, talk to hell in a very different way even today hell is in panic and we thank you that we can quietly be humbled before your face we can repent when we sin we can not depend on our feelings our emotions we can calm our soul and lead our feelings we thank you may your glory may it be not just in us but through us also and may our body be incorrupt in its time and may your glory show itself externally may your mercy come in healing for your people may your people be healed from wounds inflicted by sin from illnesses that they suffer from may these illnesses be destroyed may they not be any longer as you said you will not see them any longer the enemies you see today you will never see again and so I within my mind my image thinking already see all this I look at this I rejoice about it and I want your nation in their image thinking to also see who you are for them what you've done for them and who they are for you and this will then be a seal your seal upon their foreheads because the time has come to place seals upon the foreheads because of the things happening in Jerusalem and the seal will be upon those who discipline their mind may your wisdom be with us we worship before you our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and so now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen